So, hey guys, today, Eric's not here today. It's just me and an old teammate of mine, Adam Bennett. So, uh, real excited. Adam drove down from, uh, he's living in, you're living in Kitchener right now, Kitchener right? Kitchener right now, yep. Yeah, so Adam Adam was uh, was a rookie my last year with in the mm-hmm. OHL with the Sudbury Wolves. I want to talk to you a little bit about that because I was just up there a couple weeks ago. Okay. So uh, Adam, um, you know, as, just a great player. He, he got drafted to us as a second overall pick. Um, and when you was when you heard Sudbury, you must have went Jesus. Uh, where's that? Yeah, I I, th- I didn't know anything about Sudbury. I think I estimated the population around seventeen thousand or something. Yeah. And Sam yeah. McMaster's like, nah, I think it's <laughs> yeah. going to be a little north of that. But yeah, yeah. Welcome and, to the Burr. Yeah, and then Adam was uh, then uh, had two great years as a as a defenseman, uh, and then he was drafted sixth overall to the Chicago Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Uh, played in Chicago uh, up and down. We played in Chicago and then uh, Edmonton. Then an injury, knee injury. And that, that's all she wrote. That's it. That's the career. And, and then uh, from there, uh, worked sort of kind of in the same sort of business as me mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a way. And kind of, I would say, like, after we talk quite a bit, I would say that um, we have, like, that same passion. It wasn't just about teaching a kid how to stick handle and play. It was mm-hmm. about, ma- like, developing the person himself. Yeah. So I would say that, you know, through talking to you and knowing you, uh, that that comes through big time. So and then that pivoted into uh, a mindset business where that's mm-hmm. where you mostly focus on now. And it's and what it's called is Adams Championship or Champion, champion Mindset. Champion. I always get it mixed that's up. So right. Adams Champion Mindset. Change. We'll we'll put a blurb on there. Just Google Adam Bennett knows. Yeah, there you go. Up. There you go. So that's uh, that's what we're doing now. And uh, Adam, uh, we were talking the other day. And um, I said, why don't you why don't you do a podcast with us? It'd be great for you because I, I the yeah. reason the reason I was so Adam, we are very very reluctant on having people on our podcast because we have a we have a thing going here. Mm-hmm. So uh, like when it when you when it comes to the mindset and stuff, I just I love to get that perspective okay. and not just a perspective of mindset, it's perspective from a hockey player, guy mm-hmm. that's been there, done it, and not and, and as you know, not everything goes perfect course yeah. yeah expect it to go wrong <laughs> yeah expect it to go wrong yeah, yeah. exactly and then you're ready yeah we actually just did a podcast last week about managing expectations and managing mm-hmm. managing disappointments of course yeah so it, it's the biggest thing i mean everybody's going to run into problems yeah and it's there's uh there's a great book out there called grit right and and what grit is is the ability to overcome all of these obstacles and still persevere and where most people fail is that they stop once they hit the roadblock or once something, an obstacle gets in their way, they don't have the mental power to persevere. doesn't necessarily mean they don't have the physical abilities to do it. It's just something happens mentally that they're just not able to perform anymore. And so studies have shown time and time again that the, the guys who last, the guys who make it, are the ones with the highest degree of grit. So even for anybody out there that's, uh, you know, pushing and, and, you know, you may not be at the top of the, uh, uh, at the board right now, or first line or power play, if you persevere, right, those guys are going to last longer than the ones that, are, you know, have had it easy up to a certain point. And then it's when they become, you know, uh, when they hit that roadblock and if they don't know how to do it, they tend to fall off. So everybody's opportunity will be there if they have the right mindset. Yeah. Before we go into that, okay. uh, I'm going to say, because it's going to kind of make a little bit of sense, is uh, I was up in Sudbury a couple weeks, uh, maybe a month ago. Because my son was playing up there, and we had another um, couple on the team that went up there, and they said, yeah, "Cool, yeah, let's go." Okay, so we went up to Sudbury. So, dude, yeah. hasn't changed. <laughs> Have you been there at all? <laughs> well, I haven't been there since I. Well, actually, there was a 
The last time I was in Sudbury was a farewell dinner for Sam McMaster, I think. But that was oh, yeah. that was only a few years after you were done. We were done there, yeah. so that has he to was be nineties. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. But I understand the wolf is still there. See, the and, wolf you know, is still there. Yeah, you go down, and I'm not. I'm not. See, there's something about it, right? Mm-hmm. Something about the Sudbury Wolves. Like it's it's. Yeah. Um, I didn't want my son to go there. Okay. At all. Uh, but then why when, is that? Uh. I, you're you're one of those parents. No, well, no, no, no. I'm going to be honest season, with you. No, yeah, no, I why, know. Why not for? I know, but why? Because um, that's a good question. I think uh, I think part of it was personal. Okay. I don't like going back. It's my hometown, and I played there, and I didn't want okay. I, I didn't want didn't want my son to have that. On him, I imagine. What's that? Bit of a spotlight on him. I imagine if he went back in in your well, shadow. There you go. Eh? Yeah. You, re- you do the you, you get that. Well, we drafted a kid of uh, that was yeah, a player yeah, and yeah. a coach in the Sudbury Wolves and blah blah blah. And right. that's something that I didn't need. I didn't need. Uh, I didn't want him to to deal with that for him. Sure. I didn't want to go up there. Every- <laughs> that was my personal <laughs> you, you thing. You want to be closer. But then, uh, um. And but but if he went, he said he's gone. I said, yeah, that's I get it. Uh-huh. Um, so that, I think that was the main thing. Have they talked to you? Was that you know? Did yep. they come in and say we're thinking yep. about taking? Yep. Him? Okay. Yep. Yep. And um, but it worked out that he yeah. went early enough, right? So, so he didn't have to worry about that. Okay. But anyways, uh, you go to that city, and I'm not saying it's a bad city at all, but it's like it hasn't changed, dude. Mm-hmm. A couple malls are different. <laughs> uh, that arena, like yeah. when you look at where. Um, we're, the, all the new arenas, it's, it's all modern and stuff. And this is like an yeah, old thing. The, old the only thing they've done yeah. to it, so across from, like, or behind the visitor's bench, mm-hmm. that side, they put some kind of corporate boxes, which made it a little bit better, but okay. it's, everything else is the same. Well, I, I, if you're a Shorzy fan, do you watch Shorzy? I've never seen it. I heard oh, about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's yeah. the old barn. and sh- yeah. yeah, that's where they're filming it. In the bowels of the Sudbury Community yeah. Arena or whatever yeah. it was called. But yeah, yeah. that's... Uh, if it hasn't changed, I, now I heard they were getting a new arena or they were proposing a new They're arena or something. They definitely need one. Yeah. The fans were fantastic. Oh, you yeah. Know, 100%. Any, I loved my time up there. I mean, you were treated like kings. It was their, you know, mini NHL up there. That was their Saturday night. And, and you know, so that you, you were treated really well. But I understand, you know, the reluctancy to want to go up there. But um it all works out every, every the universe uh, you know opens up what you yeah. what you ask of it yeah and that's yeah and that's it so, so my, my point of saying that about Sudbury so your first year when you were drafted yep because yep. we're talking about mindset and stuff so I want to I want to kind of go back to you as a like the highest end prospect in the in, you know there's Drake Barahowski and you mm-hmm. and very arguably you could have flipped that pick easily and you could have went first overall to Kingston mm-hmm. um so when when you go to Sudbury Want to talk to uh, talk as a kid that doesn't know anything, and then maybe talk about what you know what you know now. You can and I can use well, the same thing as when you go to Chicago. Yeah. So as as a as a rookie NHLer, so you drafted to the Sudbury Wolves second overall, and what's going through your head mm-hmm. at that point? Because I knew what was going through ahead my head and mine. Well, okay. Here's the, here's the truth. I was from Georgetown, Ontario, small population. Yeah. I had never seen an OHL game. I You're never, kidding me. No. Never watched. I played double A hockey my whole life where other kids were running off to play triple A. Uh, I stayed and played with my friends and uh, didn't want to leave small town. So that was Bantam. Made a decision at that time. Okay. Yeah, I want to do this hockey thing like we're we're talking about. Okay. I want to play in the NHL. I didn't know what that meant. You know, I thought it'd be fun. Uh, You know, let's, I'm pretty good at hockey. I was also a good 
volleyball player. And I almost quit hockey for volleyball because they practiced on the same night. <laughs> so really? my mom and dad were like, well, what do you want to do? You know, you have a choice to make. Do you want to do the hockey or you want to do the volleyball? And I thought, well, there's really no professional volleyball league. I think I'll, I'll try this hockey thing. So then what I had to do, because there was only one other player at the time who had left Georgetown for the OHL. I didn't really know what the OHL was, but there was one guy that got drafted and he was playing in Kitchener. Who, who was it? Do you remember? Uh, Steve Marcolini. Oh, he was, great, a he was tough. Great story about him, too. Yeah, he's okay? tough, man. So, yeah, he's a Georgetown boy. Yeah. His parents own the sports store, so I knew the family very well. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a hockey player. This is 15, 14, 15. So I went to the family, and I went to Steve, and I said, okay, uh, what do I need to do? Like, how do you become a hockey player? You know, it's kind of like if you want to know how to bake a cake, you go see the baker, right? If you want to know how to handle money, you go see the, the banker, whatever, right? So I went to the family, and I said, okay, what do I need to eat? How do I train? Like, what, what do I do? So I modeled myself after Steve Marcolini. He, was, he left Georgetown. He's playing in the O. I'm going to follow in his footsteps. So I started training. I started eating. I did, I did the exact same workout that he was doing. I had the same diet that he was doing. Now, he had already moved on. He was in Kitchener, and, and then I think we went to London, I think, for a little bit or something, so. right? Yeah. yeah, I would have played against him. So I was dealing with his brother who worked. He's a fitness guy. And so he started uh, training me. And then I played... Uh, junior B hockey in Georgetown. I went from Bantam to Junior B hockey. And now they call it Tier 2 Junior A. Um, so I'm still in my hometown, still playing with my friends and having fun. And I was playing a, a summer hockey league, and Sam McMaster was in the stands. And I'm just on the ice doing my thing, and then Sam comes down after, you know, found me <laughs> and made me a draft pick to the OHL. It says, Sudbury. All right, where's Sudbury? I have no idea. Like we're talking about, I, so I didn't know funny. anything about it. Never seen an OHL game. My, the first, my, my, really, the first OHL experience was in training camp and then exhibition and then playing. So I didn't have a vision. Dude, I didn't, that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, blinded, We've never right? had, like, think about all those conversations we had on the bus and in the dress room. And yeah. Never heard that story before. There, yeah, I was the naive kid, right? Now, now you can't get away with it. You can't escape it because they they get uh, they get picked earlier. You know, scouts and 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 agents are on them earlier. Advisors are on them earlier. For me, I was just you know I was just playing for the fun of it, and then training, not knowing you know really the scope of what I was headed into, and then it was you know second overall pick. All right, cool. I guess I got to get a suit. <laughs> I didn't even own a suit. <laughs> you know, my mom took me to Sears. You know, we Sears, took the suit off Sears the rack. Suit. Yeah. And um, yeah, there, there's your draft pick, and there you go. And then up to the up to the burr. And then you know, my mom cried every year that I left the house. Even when I played pro, my mom cries every year that I leave. You know, to go for training camp. And. It was just la di da kind of thing. So how, I didn't how did have you, that. How did you know? Like, I'm. This is an honest answer, yeah. because I grew up in in Sudbury, and I used to go to training camps and watch the bloodbaths, just the the beatdowns. Well, you remember our training camps too. There'd be eight fights in the first ten minutes. So if you've never been in the no, I'm, I'm not, Joe, you think it's funny? Yeah, we'll it's, laugh. At they got to earn. They got to. <laughs> they got to earn their stripes. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. So I remember. So we were just talking about uh, Bundy earlier. So Warren Rico was drafted uh, the year or two before me. 
year before. And I think he fought because I was watching him. I go, who's this guy? Because he's not very good at fighting, but he fought about eight times in two days. And then, and then he got better at it. But how the hell did you go in there not knowing? Because I watched the fights. I watched. I knew what to expect at training camp. I knew some of the guys and used to go there and I might have to be ready. How did you know to go into camp? Like when you saw that, was it like, because for me, I was like, I was expecting it. When, how did you know I should like fight? Like fighting and stuff yeah, like fighting. that? I mean, we had some in junior B. Yeah, I guess. But, yeah. you know, but I was, I was uh, what was I, 16 in junior B. And they had guys to do that job. I mean, I, I never, although it was expected of me as at six foot four, 210 pounds almost, you, you know, you have to fight, you have to do this sort of stuff. I was a playmaker. I was a point getter. Yeah, uh, if well, you remember, my, my defense partner was Sean O'Donnell. Yeah, I love Buddha. Right, Buddha. Yeah. So I knew, and he said to me, look it, you take the puck, you go, you get the spotlight whatever, I'm going to hold the fort back here, you do your thing. And there's a guy that had an 18-year career in the NHL. Oh, he was great? Oh, what fa- a great Fantastic. Yeah. And what is every team looking for? A stud defenseman that can just carry 30 minutes a night, right? They're all looking for it. And But, you know, everybody thinks the the the, the flash is where it's at. So for me, it was I, I, I just had freedom to do whatever I wanted to do offensively. Yes, every once in a while, you know, when you're not on the score sheet, okay, well, I got to get on the score sheet somehow. Okay, well, I'll just drop the gloves and throw them. Yeah, you did it well. Well, but I hated it. Yeah. If I took one punch, okay, it's just, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got to protect. <laughs> yeah. But no, I was like, you know, it wasn't my thing. But the expectation of coaches, okay, you're going to have to go do this, or if this happens, you're going to have to. It wasn't, it wasn't my game, so I just let the other guys do it, like the Bundys of the world. And I mean, we had remember uh, Pee Wee Herman, Her- Her- yep, right? Yep, he wanted, yeah, big that boy. was going to be his role. Yep. There was guys Pee-wee, to do six, that. Five. Yeah, we had yeah. some big boys, yeah. and I and we always knew who it was on yeah. the other side of the oh ice. Oh my right? god! You just check the stats, and okay, 250 pims last year. Okay, well, I'm going to stay away from him. And I just minded my P's and Q's, and I just I kind of did my thing. And, and then when we got to, when I got drafted by Chicago, Mike Keenan was the coach. Yeah, he's soft, eh? Well, there there the mentality was, okay, yeah, you're gonna have to, you know. And, and I even on the TSN broadcast when they picked me, I think. Yeah. So just go back to that. Oh so yeah. Just, okay. Just yeah. just to. Uh, I forgot to mention that because we got going here. So Adam, Adam, when uh, it was about, you did that for about three years. So you brought on uh, TSN, the sports network channel in Canada, to do some uh, broadcasting. Uh, you did that for about three years. I was on uh, Landsberg's Off the yeah, Record, off yeah, the record for a that's few right. years, a regular yeah. panelist, and yeah. I, I would be brought in to argue the counter side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I never knew what side I was going to take. Oh, nice. Yeah, this is what people don't understand is that um, that I would. Uh, I remember one time. Uh, we were going onto the set. This was a this was a live one. Every once in a while, they'd, they'd shoot a live one because something happened in the day, and, and Landsberg wanted to be right on top of it. And uh, on the panel was Bobby Clark. And as we're walking, this one. As we're walking to the set, Landsberg grabs my arm. He says, "Whatever Bobby says, you say the opposite." Like, okay, you know, that's not, that's my role. I'm going to play that on, because the show doesn't work unless there's competing can't all arguments. Agree. Yeah, we can't yeah. all agree. And yeah. then, oh, oh, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. It only works if, if there's this going on. So during that day, I think that the debate of the, of the day was, should Eric Lindros be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. Okay. Now, 
I said, I'm thinking, yeah, he should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, if you could plant a seed and grow a hockey player, it was Eric Lindros. The best junior player I've ever seen. Unbelievable, yeah. right? I got a, a, a story about Lindros and junior that we can talk about too. Yep. But um, it was, okay, whatever Bobby says, you say the opposite. All right. Okay, so TV cameras on. Landsberg should Eric Lindros be in the Hall of Fame. Bobby, your opinion. Now, he's a man of very few words. Yeah. His argument was, yes. <laughs> and that was yeah. it. Like, how yeah. do you... Yeah, so yeah, yeah, so yeah. then the camera cuts to me because I'm the, I'm the counter yeah. to Bobby. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, I think I, you know, I, I try and make an argument on the Dumb spot. Did he, yeah, <laughs> did he really have uh, that long of a career? And I'm just making up shit as I go. I'm just like, you know, pulling stuff out of my ass. Yeah. And then at, you know, at the <laughs> end of it all, I finally, you know, after, you know, 20 minutes of debate, I finally go, well, yeah, he should be in the Hall of Fame. You know, I just want to get that point out there before the cameras are shut off that he should be in the Hall of Fame. But that's how the show went. They knew they could count on me to make a counter argument to basically anything. So, Well, that's <laughs> but, hilarious, man. But my Lindros story, because he was a stud. I mean, he was he was a man amongst boys. Well, like, like he was so good in junior. Remember when he went to play in the Canada Cup at 18? Yeah. And he, it wasn't like he, he rode the pine. Oh, he he's, he's hammering got, he's, guys. He's, he's, he's head butting on the faceoffs. Yes, you know, making his presence known. Yeah, he's he was. So good. He was unbelievable. Talking Gretzky, all these guys. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so anyways, I, go. I think we had a uh, playoff series against Oshawa. Yeah. And you know, for, I don't know how it started, but Lindros and I are squaring off. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm not the fighter, but I, I'll try and hold you, my you own. What you got to do? Lindros, <laughs> when he decided the fight was over, he just grabbed my pant leg, flipped me over like a wrestling move, and said, okay, we're done. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's it. <laughs> you know, like, Thank you very much. I'll check out right now. Yeah. Like, he was that powerful. And, and you know, he's, what, 6'5", I think, 225 in junior, and I'm 6'4", and he just, he, he turned me well, over he like, was, a, he like a wrestling move. Absolute monster. Yeah. He'd come through that neutral zone and... It was scary. He'd, he'd, he'd yeah. either take your head off or you try to hit him and you'd be yeah. laying on your ass. But I, I tell a story to, to my uh, clients. Played an OHL All-Star game with Eric Lindros. And it was, I think it was Cornwall. And Eric would come to the bench and he would just say to his line mates, okay, I'm going to run around. I'm going to hit everything there is out there. So what he was doing was getting his focus on where he wanted to go. And for the next couple of shifts, he just run around. He just crank everybody. Just make, plant make some them. room. Right. Comes back to the bench after a few shifts. Okay, boys, you go to the net. I'm going to set you up for the goal. Right. I'm going to throw it up. You guys make sure you're there. So the, for the next couple of shifts, now his focus was, I'm, you know, this is what's going to happen. And he was so good, he could just make it happen. Yeah, right? this you know. next three shifts, this is what we're going to yep. do. Next, and then he goes, next three shifts, you know, I'm going to go score a goal. And then that was his focus. He's just going to go out. He hop over the boards, and and so even though he was still cranking guys and and setting up plays, his focus was now I gotta you know now this is where I'm at, and so it was a a great way to reset on the bench and forget about what happened. And now here's what's going to happen. Expect it, boys, and and lead the charge over the boards. And we all just kind of sat there like this was an all-star game. And if people don't know all-star games in, in the OHL, the CHL, they're vicious. Like we, we play. Well, it's Quebec. not. It, yes. I mean, yeah, they're, they're not the, uh, you know, scrimmage pickup game that the NHL guys are doing. They, these were battles. And we were playing Quebec. And he just dominated. It was him and, uh, oh, I forget who the Quebec counterpart was, Perot or somebody. Yannick Perot? No, not Yannick. Uh, 
Anyways, yeah, it doesn't it, matter. I mean, he he's Sean. He he was just unbelievable well, in was, that series. It's crazy. Just you know, phenomenal player. And so yeah, I just want to state for the record, you should be all of it. Well, <laughs> you think for all of it. Think about that. that. Like you, when kids get into that in the, in the OHL, that's a good league, man. That's it's it doesn't get any better than that. And to come in as a as a well, he, he skipped the first year, so he didn't go to the Sioux. But to come in as seventeen years old and say, okay, I'm going to dominate this any way that I want to. It's incredible, and then he did that in in the NHL. Yeah, they, it was incredible. They, they don't come through very often. I mean, we're watching Connor Bernard doing what he's doing out west. It's just sick, sick. you know. Yeah, just insanely good. How how the skills of all, everybody. I mean, we came in the to camp. We weren't necessarily in shape, you know. Not we, the same. We, no, we're just not the same. You know, like we uh, we didn't have the training. We didn't have the nutrition. We didn't have everything going on. The, the kids today, the expectations, and I think why they're under a lot more pressure now, is it starts earlier, right? Triple A hockey, the expectations are this. They're playing year-round, all like just constantly, and they're being fed everything now. In a way, I'm kind of glad that I was kind of sheltered in my little hometown and just allowed to have fun. And my dad, you know... God love him, and you know, rest in peace. He passed away. But his his best lesson when I came off the ice and you know, and got into the car is, did you have fun today? Yeah. Okay, let's go. That's exactly what I say to my kid. Yeah, that's it. To this day. Well, there you go. Because right? because and that's such a, a great thing because we've I mean we talk about this constantly how how number one the kids just can't go out and play. Like you got to just go play, and then the kids that, and I, I know people are saying, "Wow, that, everything you say, it doesn't, it's not the same, but it is." You went and played hockey because you liked it, and you didn't even think about AAA because it wasn't important. If you did that now, people go, "You're nuts! You can't ever make it, right?" Like it's, it's all about getting there. But uh, and we talk about that with the parents all the time. It's like you, you add so much pressure on a kid. So I and I was aware of that because because um, I've seen how kids like in this business. I've seen it. I've done that as a player and as a coach. It's like you can just see parents getting right in their head. And part of being mentally tough is being able to forget about stuff. But the number one thing is in hockey, like if you're not a pro level, right? When you start putting, and we'll get into your, into the mindset stuff and stuff, but even a pro level, junior level, you start getting in your head too much. You're done. You're done. You got to be able to have fun. Like it is actually a fun game. So that's, I've said that to my son all the time. I said, after a game, if he played great, because I, 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 if you got three goals and if I say you play, what a great game. He remembers I got three goals, got had played a great game. That's the feedback. Yeah. If if I if if he doesn't get goals, and well, you know I I go ah you know whatever say something at all, then the feedback is okay didn't score score okay I have to perform based on points or whatever. So I just go you have fun, and when he would say to me yeah dad that was a great game what the, why the why the hell would I say anything else? He thinks he's eight or twelve yeah. years old. Just let him go. He, he had a great game. Great. And then, but sometimes he would read like, why dad, do you not think so? And I go, I don't know, whatever. And he goes, oh, what is it? So I just don't think you're out. And the only thing I would ever say is I think you have better effort. Well, and then- I, I got two things on that. <clears throat> I was in Chicago. Mike Keenan was the coach and he's, he was tough, very demanding on the young guys. And, and that's where I was losing confidence. You know, I wasn't having fun playing. We were getting a bag skate and I just like, you know, you could read my body language, just like I was just oh, miserable. He was, he was eating it up, eh? Oh, yeah, he yeah. loved it. So Steve Smith comes to me, puts his arm around me and says, Benny, says, you'll last longer than the coach. Just go have fun out there. And I'm like, 
Yeah, okay. And then a couple of months later, he gets fired. Yeah. But then they bring in Daryl Sutter, and he was, <laughs> he was even tougher. <laughs> but it, the, 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 you know, there's a, there's a, a, a you know, a career guy, right? Had many years, and his main thing was just go have fun. You know, just forget about what's happening. Forget about what the coach is telling you. Forget about all the expectation. You got 18, 20,000 people in the stands, whatever's going on. Just go have fun. And, and now my son, right, talked about, you know, the kids in the game. He's uh, last, last year, last summer, he's a goalie playing double A for his uh, Thunder team in, in Halton Hills. He's being recruited by triple A teams. And of course, all the parents know oh, this is exciting. Your kids getting, you know, scouted, recruited. They and they they literally often offered him position on the team. Like you don't have to try out; just we want you on the team. And I'm like, well, what do you want to do? And he goes, I just kind of want to play with my friends. I said, that's great. Then do it. You know, forget about all this other stuff. If that's what you want to do, then just go and have fun. And as long as he's having fun, he'll keep playing and he'll want to pursue at some point because he was only 12, right? So at some point, maybe he makes a decision, this is what I want to do, but I got to let him run his own course. I, I, if I force it on him and then now he's into the mix and he really doesn't want it. Well, he's going to quit at 100%. 14, 15 because it's not fun or anymore. Quit resent you yeah. uh, not being was, the happiest yeah. kid he's uh, gonna have missed out on yeah. uh, on other things because yeah. of what triple a demands of you yeah. and to me it's his life it's his it's his career or whatever you know it's his sport do i get nervous when he's in the net no not at all because i'm not it's not my game right i want him to do well of course but i you know a lot of parents they i see them up there and they're reacting like every time there's you know <laughs> the puck's in there and they're they're having a physical reaction because they've actually put themselves in the game as if it's their game what they need to do is just become a spectator right just cheer yep all's good right 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 have fun yeah okay let's go right and then and then that's it Right, take the pressure off of these kids, and then they'll they'll have fun. They'll yeah. figure it out. I that's mean, they're, the, they're smart. It's like everyone with me was like, "Why don't you coach?" I did it because a couple of the parents were like, "Please coach." Mm -hmm. So I did it when it was appropriate. When he was eight and nine, nine and ten, yeah, before he like way before he went to AAA, and he loved it. So the question I asked him. So this is a different way of taking it from a coach from a parent. Is what I liked what you said about that is that you asked your son. You didn't mm -hmm. suggest it. Nope. You asked your son, do you want to nope. play AAA? He didn't say, I think you should, because now it's like, now it changes his thinking, right? Yep. And yep. and that was what I used to do with the team, as I said, because we were a terrible hockey team, terrible hockey players. Mm -hmm. So we had, uh, I think it was 17 guys try out. Okay. Yeah, six, oh. Ontario. There's yeah, no one, there's, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a farm town. There's your team. Yeah. yeah so basically. it's like, okay. So I said, okay, I get, I'm going to give you guys a choice. I'm going to coach you guys, and I could do it two different ways, or I can blend them or whatever. But you guys tell me. Could coach you and we have a blast just have a lot of fun and you know or i could coach you and you can learn a little bit about hockey like a little bit of how to play the game and and you know i'll push you a little bit here push you a little bit there so they all said we want to be good i said okay so we had a ton of fun but i was able to push them a little bit but if i would have went in there as a coach and said you guys uh, we're going to start winning games and uh they, they didn't buy in at, at, at 10 years old or do the other things that we're just going to have fun. Then everyone's like, well, we want to win too. I want to learn something. So and I, it was the same with my kid when he was coaching him. It's like, it was appropriate at that time. And there was like no pressure, just go have fun. But then when it was like, I didn't want to be my kid's coach. Like number one, there, there's, 
That's, it's, I, I, I coach my girls. I, I understand. Yeah. yeah, it's it's hard. It's, it's hard. Different. I just want to watch. I want to. I yeah. wanted to enjoy watching my freaking kid play hockey because I was coaching. I'd be like, yeah, teaching a kid something. And then, oh, see that goal Charlie got? I go, no, I didn't. Yeah, missed. You know, so I wanted to watch and enjoy <laughs> yeah. it. And, I, and there's nothing more than I love to this day, going driving up to Guelph like a crazy dad to watch my son experience the freaking awesome experience that we had yeah. as players. Yeah. Well, it's it, and. It, we're, a lot of people get lost, <clears throat> players, parents, coaches, is that you don't control wins and losses. Like every, everybody wants to win and they're so focused on winning. Win, 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 win. But you don't control whether you win or lose. The only thing you control is, is the effort that you put in, right? The, the systems perhaps that you, the coaches put in, following through on certain things. But it's, it's the general effort and it's the playing of the game then the outcome will determine itself based on how you perform during the game. But yeah, to, to already be thinking about, okay, we have to win, we have to win, we have to win, that's where their mindset goes to and, and they start to panic, they start to get nerves, you know, we, we don't wanna, you know, don't wanna make mistakes and that's where the fear comes in for a lot of these guys. Instead of just, hey, Eric Lindros, let's, let's go out for the next couple of shifts, we're just, this is what we're gonna do. The next couple of shifts, let's just go do that keep them in the moment throughout the game and at the end of the game the results take care of themselves yeah right on so let's let's dive into it a little bit for for me and we talked about this on the phone I, I say this all the time um people when they're trying to be hockey players or anything in life they focus on a lot of the physical part so i want to play hockey so i, I need to work out i need to uh work my shot, work my skating, this, that, the other thing. I need to, maybe it comes down to sleep and all that stuff. And and everybody knows, because you've all heard it, like if you ask anybody, what part of hockey is mental? And people will say, like, without even thinking, oh, it's 80%. It's 90%. Even if it was 10%, right? Yep. Whatever whatever the number is, no one even really knows, right? But if you were to say it's uh, whatever the number is, it's uh, 80% mental, the next question is, well, how, so you should be training 80% mental, should be training equivalent or, so what, what I would say is that people train, if they train mental training at all, would be zero to maybe 1%. Would you agree with that oh, or would I, you say more? Wholeheartedly. Yeah. Wholeheartedly. I mean, that's, 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 we're all missing the boat. We all know the importance and Ken Dryden said uh, hockey is 80% mental and the rest is in your head. So, right, uh, the kids say they have a power skating coach. They've got a shooting coach. They've got their regular coaches that they work with. They might have a nutritionist. And then in the gym, they've got a, you know, a fitness coach. At the very end of all that might be, and in most cases not, a mindset coach or a mental coach, a mental strength coach. Because what I think is if you lose confidence, the rest goes to shit. Well, we've both been there. Okay, so you could you know, you can practice all you want, and we've seen this. There's a lot of great practice players, right? They they shine in practice. Get them into a game, you can't find them. Is that physical? No, it's mental. So they're not working on. And this is the great thing about what I what I'm doing with these kids is I'm adding that missing piece. Because nobody shows them this stuff. They certainly don't learn it at school. It's expected of coaches at a younger age. Well, you got to be mentally tough, you know. Like, you know, I was talking to that coach the other day. Well, just take their phones away. Then they'll, you know, they're tough enough. They'll right do, there. yeah. They'll <laughs> they'll do what you want if you take their phone away. 
Come on. I mean, you need tools. So it's you got to coach it. So you, you got to understand how the brain works. You got to understand how focus works. You got to understand how the whole body and that, like the association. Right? I work a lot on neuro association, right? So the words that you speak have a brain reaction. The way that you move has a brain reaction. And you can build these over time to really strengthen the power so that when you come up against a roadblock, you're just ready to go around it. You don't see the roadblock anymore. You're just now you're looking for the opportunities to get around and keep going. And a lot of people, they hit that roadblock and they're done. Like mentally they're done, they're drained. And when the brain goes, the body follows. So as much as you want to put the effort into the gym and doing everything else, they need to put as much or more effort into mental strength training. And there are, you know, there's guys like me out there that give you the tools to do it. And that's the, that's the key. I mean, we can go into a deep dive into their psyche about, you know, why this is happening. Uh, well, if you want instant change, here's how you do it. But then you need to apply it. Okay. You need to set up your day every day with the habits and rituals that will eventually get you to where you need to go. So once you create the habits, and I've, I've said this all, you know, many, many times before, first you create the habits and then the habits create you. So you need to put these things in place, then you need to have patience and that's the key. Because everybody today is like instant results, instant results, I get it, but it's gonna take time because this is a muscle that they haven't flexed, in, you know, up till now. So yeah, it's not magic. It's not magic, yeah. but it but can it be. If it can be, if they apply it in the right time, right? right? So I was, you know, when I'm working with the kids and go, and, and so we prepare them, right? When this happens, this is how you respond because normally there's an automatic response, right? What I'm talking about, you know, that neuro association. Referee makes a bad call. What does everybody do? Fly off the handle, slam sticks all that sort of stuff. That's the neuro association that they currently have. So why don't we anticipate the next time the referee makes a bad call and then let's, let's change our reaction to this and see how you feel. And then if you institute that enough, eventually you just roll through it, all right? Referees are gonna make bad calls. Coaches are gonna make you know, wrong decisions. Let's just expect it. And I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to, you know, miss an open net. So instead of slamming my stick or getting mad and then, you know, all right, just expect it. Okay. I'm not going to be perfect. And that's, you know, a lot of the kids are under the perception that they have to be perfect, that they can't make mistakes because, you know, this is the pressure that they're and under. It, and it starts like, it starts like I can, well, I'm thinking 12, easy. We look at some of the, the, the teams around here and coaches come in and this guy's shit. This guy, yeah, he can't get the puck out, you know, over and over. And it's like they start expecting perfection when, the, when kids are young. But I can understand it, uh, you know, especially now that I watch my son in that big environment of the OHL where it's the stakes are high, right? It's your school's paid for. You're trying to be a pro. Coaches are getting paid. He wants to move to the NHL mostly. So now when you make a mistake, it's like, well, maybe I'm not ready for this league. So it's right. like, it's, it's, it's amplified. It's amplified. That's right. the word I was going to use. Right. Um, so now like I, I can understand it there, but then we have to get, well, you got to be able to turn you have that to refocus. Yeah. So what I'm going to, I'm going to just say my, my, uh, this is, I'm going to give you my philosophy on 
mindset and it's very very small but it's effective to a certain degree and i don't want i want you to maybe take that um a little bit farther because with your experience and how you're coaching through it and uh and then maybe we could look at like maybe some of the most common things that you see from a player when you're talking to them or mm-hmm. maybe even yourself okay okay yeah so and for me when i like it's very very basic but it's it's true what's what is what is what the hell is mental toughness right it's it's like confidence is part of it you know how do you not lose your confidence and stuff but it's it's being able to perform when something's important and it matters to you right so can you perform through when something's matter and and, and uh, it means something to you and then it's it's being able to stay present so in my experience the the biggest thing that people do is you know we do it with podcasts if i think well this has got to be a good podcast if i think too much about it like what are you going to do about it right so if you have a big like you'll see you'll hear parents say big game tonight big tournament big event so what happens is the kids make this thing bigger than actually what it is and it's like you have zero control of how big it's going to be the bottom line is all you can do is what you can do when you're there so nothing is really that big you you nailed it can i just say yeah, that for sure you you nailed what mental strength is and that is being present staying in the present that is the key to it all. Honestly, it, it's about where your focus goes. Where your look at the brain is wired. The brain is wired to look for what's wrong, to protect you. So it's always looking for you know things lurking around the corner. Yeah, it's always noise, you know, right? out in the yeah out in the future. It's worried about what could happen there. You make a mistake. It's it's thinking about what happened in the past. The brain is always looking to protect you. So the key to mental strength, and as you said, is being able to stay in the present. So when a mistake happens, it's gone. Reset, and now I, I got to do this. I, you know, what, I, what I tell the, the players is you always have to focus on the task at hand because the task at hand is in the present. Okay, what do I need to do right now? Which is which what could you be, can control. Yeah, control which, which what you, you can, can control. control. That's exactly it. right. Because you you got to let that go. If if a mistake happens, the brain wants to stay there. Yep. Right. It wants to analyze it. Wants to figure out why that happened. It wants to punish you for making the mistake. Your job in in mindset or mindset and mental strength is being able to control your focus. So not to get ahead. Right. When everybody's talking about we have to win this game or this is a big year, you know, this is a big yeah. game, a big tournament. Not to get ahead, but to stay right in the moment because in the moment is what you can control. And this is what people need to understand. There's only two things that they can control. One being focus and the other being behaviors. In the middle of all that, after focus, it becomes your thoughts. Thoughts lead to emotions. Emotions lead to body sensations. So, for instance, if you're nervous, okay, you, you, you have butterflies. That's the body sensations. Why? Because you're focused on something that's in the future, right? The unknown. It creates thoughts of, oh, this, you know, Either this is big or I can't make a mistake or whatever leads to the emotions, which means I start, you know, like nervousness and so on, then body sensations. You can still perform because normally players after the first couple of shifts, well, the nerves go away. Well, why is that? Because now you're into it. You're in the moment. Right. Now you're into the moment. Why not get in the moment before the game? 
right? Why are you setting your focus up into the future? If you can control your focus, you're always going to be present. You're always going to be in peak performance mode, and you can always control what's going on. So that's, you know, it's a misnomer that, okay, you know, these the self-talk and all this, you know, uh, negative things going on in my head, I can't control. Absolutely, you can control it. It's just based on exactly where you're focused in that moment. So once you become aware of it, well, then change it. But it, you, you have to practice this. It's a routine yeah, that well, you have to set and do. Okay, so I've read a lot of books. I've listened to a lot of people. And, you know, just because I'm probably really focused on what you're saying right now, it's a really good way. Like, I get lost, I'm being honest with you, I get lost. Like, if I would have just heard you say, Thoughts create emotions. Emotions create body, body sensations. sensations. Right. I would have, I would have turned the channel off. Like not turn it off. I would have said, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't have remembered that. But like when you put put it in a in a in a added to the sentence that says, so if you're thinking about, or let's say you made a mistake in a game, your thoughts go into the mistake. Your mistake makes you feel. Well, what does that do? You go, oh man, I'm, I'm playing like shit. I can't do that again. I'm having a bad game or I need to fix it. And it changes your attitude so that you're in that negative state. You or carry you're in that, it with you. You yeah. carry it with you. So that's a really good way to play it. So I want to think of maybe let's an example of another kid. Or do you have an example that you've worked with a kid where you could just boom like that? Like will you identify that or is that just? The way the way to change it is first you got to become aware that it's happening. And, and so most people get caught into a negative loop. They don't understand that they actually have the power to change it. And, or it might take them a while, or something else has to happen for them to take their focus and, and redirect it. It can, you can change it instantly if you know how to do it, and, but it takes practice. Okay, so how do we do it? Uh, there's, it's called the AAA model. Okay. okay. And so for all of our AAA guys out there, the, oh, this, nice. the, the, <laughs> this is how we, they know how to do it. Yeah. First, first you be aware, okay? Yes. And that, <laughs> it sounds easy, but most people get stuck, you know, like, oh, I can't, you know, I'm, you know. Okay, in life, though. Bitter. Yeah. In life, though. Absolutely, yeah. People are not aware. No, they're you, not you're aware. You're sitting with someone <clears throat> and they're eating beside you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're not aware that you're chomping your yeah. food, dude. Right, yeah. So awareness is like a real thing. Right, right, Be right. self No, really, right? Mm -hmm. you, you don't, you're, hey, dude, you're not aware that you have plumber's ass. How yeah. the hell could you not be aware? Don't you feel it? Well, right? Well, for parents <laughs> out there, road rage. Okay. Somebody cuts them off or whatever. Instantly, they get upset. That that's the neuro association we're talking about. Instantly, they get upset. They probably curse. They probably honk the horn. They you know they get into that. You follow that me on state. the way in today. They get, <laughs> <laughs> they get into that state. Okay, so parents will understand. Okay, they just naturally go into that state. What they need to first do and look at with coaching, you can prepare for that. Okay, you can prepare for that road rage, right? Where that, that guy's going to cut you off. Instead of having that automatic response, now you give an auto, you know, the opposite response. That's a whole deep dive that I, that I go into the, when, when I'm doing my coaching. However, first thing that you have to do is you got to be aware. That's the A in AAA, okay? The first A. Second is you have to accept it. Okay, accept that you're not perfect. Accept that mistakes are going to happen. Don't try and analyze it. Don't try and study it. Why did it happen? I'll just, nope, you know what? I got a great line for myself that I use that people can use themselves. When I make a mistake, I just look in the mirror and say, be kind. You're a work in progress. You know, you're not perfect. You're going to make mistakes. Things are going to happen. So be aware. That's the toughest one. But once you're aware, you accept it and then change your attention. 
So refocus your attention back to the task at hand, what needs to get done, a la Eric Lindros, today I'm going to do this and whatever. So that can happen literally in 15 seconds if you know how to do it, if you take control. For most of them, they just get into that, you know, that negative loop. They beat themselves up. They carry it with them for the next shift or two or three, and then it compounds. Something else happened. Well, this, and then they just keep, they keep going down that, that road. And as I said, the brain is wired to find what's wrong. You might miss 10 other things that you did perfectly. A nice pass here, a nice chip out here, the good dump here, the back check here. You know, you've done all these great things. You don't think about it. You make the one mistake, the brain goes, ah, there it is. Okay, and then, you know, that's what your focus goes. Let it go, triple A, be aware, oh, I'm focused on the wrong thing, accept it, okay, let's just set up, this is what I'm doing next shift, and it can change. That's why that hockey is great that way, because you have a chance after that shift to get back out, reset, and then fire out the next shift on, on you know, full max. It's, it's a powerful thing if you know how to control it. But parents will understand with road rage. They, they well, don't, they're so not in control at that moment. We're missing an A though, right? One more no, no, in? attention. So awareness, acceptance, and attention. So refocus the attention, AAA. And any, anybody can use it, but uh, there's also the way, you know, of preparing for events, right? So what I have my, my clients do is we're like, okay, what's going to happen in a game? Like, give me a couple of things that are going to upset you in a game. Well, if I make a mistake. Okay, write that down. I'm going to make a mistake. Okay, I might be, you know, be specific. Okay, I'm going to miss the net, miss an open net. Okay, what's your natural response to that? Well, I'm going to slam my stick. I'm going to get upset, and I'm going to have these negative thoughts. Yeah. So, or you're going to say something as small as, you know, shit. Right. Uh, you're going to you're, you're, you're going to lose. Should have got that one. Like right. that would have been one I didn't have. Right. But whatever that okay. kind of stuff. So let's anticipate that you're going to make a mistake, and then we say, what kind of response do you really want? Right? Do you want to let the other team know that you made a mistake? Or do you want to say, you know, always be in control? Well, I want to be in control. Okay, well, then here's the response we're going to do. And then we, we set up a bunch of different possibilities that they can do. One is to laugh it off, right? You talk about the opposite to emotions, right? It, it's if my natural response is to get upset. And now if I change it to laughing it off, Okay, now the neuro association that usually takes me down is now in a positive state. Oh, I can't believe I did that. That's hilarious. And then get right back into it. And uh, there's a great story of a pitcher, and this is 2010, and I wish I could remember his name. He had a perfect game going. He had a perfect game through nine and two-thirds innings. It's the D Detroit Tigers, okay? And I, I, somebody will know the name out there. And then on that... On that third out in the ninth inning for a perfect game, the ump makes the wrong call. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay? Yeah. yeah. The batter <laughs> right. hits it to first yeah. base. Yeah. Pitcher runs over, you know, covers the base. Catch, out. Referee goes, safe. Perfect game down the, down the tube. Do you remember the response of the pitcher? He smiled. He smiled. He smiled. And then he got the next batter out. Yeah. His emotional response to that really powerful event, right? He could have been in the history books, was washed out by a wrong Someone call. else's mistake. Somebody else's mistake. And he stood on the bag and he, he smiled and he just laughed. Just like, are you kidding me right now? And, and everybody yeah. on the field just calmed down. 
Now, if he had lost his mind, everybody would have lost their mind, right? Now, of course, the manager comes out to protect his players, but that's what I'm talking about, right? Instead of having the automatic response that sends you down and brings every, you know, this rage, right? He has the opposite. Yeah, because that's the biggest you can think of. Or how about, how about, who was it? Dallas Stars, Edmonton Oilers. It was not long after you played. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dallas was, um, you just had Steph on. Open net. Open net. Yeah, falls down. Yeah, misses the open net. Honestly, it is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. Like, you know, that's, that's another response. But it wasn't his fault. I mean, if you really watch it slowly, the puck jumps. Puck jumps. That happens. I mean, it happens. It's not going to happen a million more times, but that time it did. So, Again, so so one of them is going to be you're going to make a mistake, okay? So let's set up a response to that. The other one is the, the, the referees are, are going to make a wrong call or they're going to make a call that you don't agree with. Let's set up an opposite to emotion response. And it could be that one where I'm just going to laugh it off. Like I, I can't, you know, wrong call or just, okay, let's go kill it. You know, just set something up in advance. Now you're prepared. Okay, and you're not going to let emotions take over. You're always in control, and you're always in the moment because you you you've prepared for it. It's like going to the gym, and you're you're flexing. You're ready for the day that you need to use those muscles. And when you're coaching and 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 you know practicing this stuff, when it happens, I'm ready to go, and I just keep going. Okay, I mean, look at Tiger Woods, best golfer for 20 years, whatever. He hits a bad shot, right? He's not perfect. But what is he the best at? The next one, right? Resetting for the next one. So hockey players need to be able to do that too. Yeah. As simple as as simple as the solutions that you gave, like it might sound simple, it takes some work. And with with me being a dad, and I think this is a lesson for parents, is that you can take a lot of pressure off by just giving those little tools. It's 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 you know when Charlie would have something emotionally like or something that would happen you could see it would do it it's like you know i taught him like there's nothing you can do about it forget it and he's actually very good at it so he, he's able to deal with um adversity like one of the things that he he says all the time his dad I remember you told me and dalton prout who's up there he played for uh columbus and new jersey and san jose he's, anyways he told him that never listen to a coach's tone listen to the message and it's done him wonders because, you know, coach will snap on him and it's like, you know, because what's the difference of can you pass me your water or pass me your water? It's the same words. It's how you take those words, right? So the so going through like staying in the present, like I hope kids and parents can listen to that message because when, when kids are snapping, a parent, like it's so easy, it's not so easy, but it's so simple to put them back in line, put them right between the lines and they can keep going instead of like, adding gas to the fire, you can sit there like in a calm way and say, okay, I don't like, so, so the coach didn't, uh, didn't, didn't play, you know, didn't, uh, you missed some shifts. Okay. So we can blame, which we feel is one of the biggest things that people, um, instead of taking responsibility, they blame, but by just saying, Hey, what can you do about it is, you know, stay in the present. What do you have control? What do you have control? Yeah. Control what you control. Yeah. Yeah. The the athlete needs to understand that that, they only control their performance. You know, ice time is out of their hands. If they're in or out of the lineup is out of their hands. They only control, you know, their performance and then their their attitude towards how am I going to get back in or what do I need to do to get, you know, into the lineup or onto the power play or something if that's missing. 
what I love about what I do is, although my clients are all athletes, what I teach them is transferable. They can use it in school. They can use it in life. They can use it in relationships. They can, you know, their jobs that they're going to be coming down the road, whatever. It will apply. These are the tools for su that successful people use in their respective field. They're all related. So you can't be successful with a negative mindset. You have to know what you want. And once you zone in on what you want, the road to get there becomes clearer. All right, so what do I need to do today? Well, these are the steps that I need to do and eventually get me to where I need to go. But it all starts with, you know, A, the vision. You need to know what you want long-term. And I have my guys uh, have, you know, different, we call it a goal pyramid. So, okay, for sport, what's your, what's your goal? Okay, be specific, you know, that whole smart mentality, right? Um, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time-sensitive. All right, let's set that. What do you want in school? Let's, well, let's set that one too. And these are different pyramids. What do you want in life? Okay, well, let's set one over here. You might have three, four different goal pyramids, but that's, that's what you know to do in the morning. When you get up, at the, at the base of the pyramid are all the little things that I need to do, right? I need to get to, to, get to school on time, and I need to be prepared. I need to get to the gym, and I need to work out, because that's on this goal pyramid. And your whole day is set up. Now the decisions about life become easier. Instead of being in a fog and, you know, somebody like, oh, do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? You're like, no, I gotta, here's what I need to do because these are going to take me to where I want to go. It's a very powerful thing. Once you decide what you want, life becomes a lot easier. And so I, I love that these guys, you know, my clients, if they make it in hockey or not, it's not important to me. It might be to them. I just want to make sure they have tools that they can use in all aspects of their life. Yeah, that's what I say about raising kids, right? Like, you know, you can look at, you can look at parents that, I, I, I've never had a problem with, with um, our kids, but, but Charlie specifically, just I'm using this for, from the hockey perspective is, you know, we always use the thing like, um, dad, there's a, when he was in Bantam, I guess it was, dad, there's a high school dance that everyone's going to on Friday. There's nothing wrong with a high school dance. But there is something wrong with the high school dance because, well, not really, but what, what happens is I've always said you, you hang out with the people that are of the same like mind. And, and when you get outside of that, that's where trouble starts. So anyways, the Friday night dance was, uh, I said, okay. So, like I, so I never said, no, you can't go. I let his goals and his dreams. That's what I always say is like, if you have big goals, big dreams, I can steer, the, I can steer that ship. So it'd be like, okay, yeah. So what time's it at? Yeah. Who's all going? Uh, all the kids from school. Okay. That's, uh, so what do you got tomorrow? I got a game. Do oh, you think that's a good idea to go? Uh, you know, and they start thinking, I got three games. Yeah, you know, maybe I should stay in. Yeah. And and I say, well, the other thing, Charlie, is you got guys that, you know, I'll explain them. Like, you know, there's smoking. There's this, that other thing. This is when he was a kid, right? He goes, yeah, maybe I'll just stay home. I've never had to deal with it. And, and for most things, it's just easy as a parent. Like, if you can – that's why – so we do this for players, parents, and coaches, all, all our podcasts. We try to make it applicable for everybody. That's why I think that when parents hear this, this, these messages, it's like it's really important that they get it as much as the player. Not to shove it down their throat, but it's to, to say, no, you're just off track here. There's what you focus on. Here's what you focus on. And then raising your kid becomes much, much easier. And then sure. they're, they're a lot more accountable. Yeah, and it's right. because it's not you telling them, well, you need to do this. It's like, okay, what did you say? Uh, yeah, I thought yeah, you, you told me to... you wanted to be a hockey player. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So much easier, man. Right. And yeah. it, that's it, when they have the goals written out, the next thing is to share it with their, with their family. Like, you know, mom and dad, this is, these are the things that I want. If I get off track, mom and dad are going to keep me on, you know, put, put me back into my lane again. Right. You know, that, that dance or whatever, there's a price to pay. Right. People don't know. So many times they don't know what the price is going to be when they make that dream. They may go down the road and go, okay, this isn't, okay, this isn't for me. That's fine. Then change it, right? If, you have, if, if you're not willing to pay the price, which might mean missing out on school dances, uh, school trips. I missed all those things. Same here, right? Man. You know, I, I paid missed the price. Missed it, but I didn't miss it at all. Right. In the end, yeah. you don't miss it, yeah. right? Because you're around like-minded people. You, you become who you surround yourself with or who you aspire to be. So if you have that environment, you're fine. If you waver out of your what you want, not only are you going to be uncomfortable, you're going to make everybody else uncomfortable because it's, it's not a good situation to be in. So if you want to maintain control, know what you want, and then lead that life. And like I said, create the habits, and then the habits will create you. Uh, going, partying, you know, all that fun stuff that a lot of people have, well, guess what? They have a different goal or a different dream. It's not yours. You need to live it doesn't yours. doesn't make them bad people. It just makes no, them different. it just makes them different. Yeah. If this is what you want, then this is what you need to do. And, and you got to pay the price. Well, as we know, that's the window of opportunity to get there is very short. And then the, the, the good thing and the bad thing about this sport is, is like, unlike other sports, well, tennis and stuff like that's different, but like other team sports, um, typically you go to college and you don't become a pro till, you know, the pressure's not on you at 16. It's more like 18. And those two years, 18, 20, right? So you got a little time to kind of sort life out. But as a hockey player, it's like you still have time, but you're, you're, it's more beneficial if you're, if you're dialed in at a, yeah. a lot younger age. Yeah. So the, this might surprise many people, but the average freshman hockey player, and you can Google it, NCAA average freshman hockey player is 21. So they're not, they're not leaving high school and going into the NCAA. That, that doesn't happen. Now, what changed was universities found out, well, we can't win with 19, 20-year-olds, but we can win with 24 and 25-year-olds. So we're going to pick our guys a little bit later. So that means they're going to have to spend time in junior hockey. And for a lot of these kids, it's, it's going to be the Tier 2 Junior A or in the States. It's, you know, USHL, the NAL, whatever, you know, opportunities they have. You're going to have to spend time there. But it's a great time to learn your craft. Because now you're living it, right, in junior hockey. You're on your own. For a lot of people, it's the first time they're out of the house. Now they are exposed to a lot more things that they weren't when they were under mom and dad's roof. You're going to have decisions to make, you know. And if you can stay on that track, you'll, you'll, you'll be fine. You'll, or your chances of success will be higher. Yeah, you increase your chances. You increase the chance. It doesn't guarantee success. Nothing does, yeah. But it increases the chances if you're making the right yeah. decisions along the way. Yeah, 100%. So let me ask you this. What brings people to you? So what's the com most common issue like a, that you hear all the time, like, I need help with this? Or is there something else that brings someone yeah. to you? Most common is, is confidence, right? Or nervousness before a game. Okay. And I got to... No, so confidence... Yeah. Confidence and lack ner of lack of confidence yeah. and like nervousness. Yeah, just uh, yeah, they're nervous before a game. It, it goes with confidence. That's the body sensation of a lack of confidence. Okay, so what they're what they're focused on is usually that they don't want to make a mistake. They're thinking about the outcome. We've talked about you know their 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 mindset is in the future. 
And if they've made a mistake in the past, they'll, they'll relive that over and over. Uh, if they're in a slump, that's all they think about. And uh, I was coaching a, a boy last night. He's, he's in a slump. He's counting the games, right? It's been 11 games. Okay, well, don't count. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know. You know, yeah. you just keep adding to it. Well, th- is this going to be game 12? It's ground out game now. Is this gonna be- yeah, yeah. Not- yeah, exactly. Don't count, right? It's like, um, you know, it's like a, uh, an alcoholic who said, I'm, I'm 50 days sober. Stop counting. You're either sober or you're not, yeah. okay? So if you want to get out of a slump, forget it. Don't think about the slump. It's not 11 games. It's, you know, whatever. It, it is, okay, I got another game, right? And this, here's another opportunity that I get to score. Right, so get excited for it instead of fearing that I may not score and I'm going to add to it and every, everybody's counting. You know, now it's 12 games, whatever. So what is, what's the most common? It's uh, lack of confidence and nervousness. And um, if people understand, there's, and I, I relate because I'll, I'll, I'll be honest here, there's, there's two kinds of mindset. There's the fixed mindset, which thinks they know everything, uh, are very hard to coach. They hate criticism. That was me. <laughs> I identify that now. I didn't know it at the time, right? In in in. Um, so you you took the the criticism as I took it criticism. I took it personally. Like it wasn't like someone trying to coach you. Exactly. Right. Okay. So coaching it was, is criticism. Yeah. Sometimes. I, I I internalized it. I suck. I you know I'm not good enough. And this is where my confidence went down. I didn't recognize I had a fixed mindset. And I felt like I had to be perfect. If I couldn't do something great right away, I, would, I just wouldn't do it. Right? If I couldn't play piano <laughs> when I first sat down, no, that's not for me. You know, so that's a fixed mindset. Where success happens is if you have a growth mindset. And you, you have to change it if you are a fixed, but you have to be aware, right? Aware, accept, and then refocus. So get to a growth mindset that says everything that somebody says to me is a learning experience. So if a coach dumps on me, what is he trying to tell me? You know, is it true? Like analyze it, like, okay, internalize it. Yeah, I did, yeah, yeah, I'm not giving 100% today or whatever it is, and then go for it, right? But keep pushing. The two different mindsets are very powerful. And for a lot of the kids, they have a fixed mindset. And that's where the kids, when they first run into obstacles, they might be the best kid in, you know, AAA, you know, 09 and then, or Bantam, whatever, they're the best kid and then they fall off. Why? Because now they're, they're being challenged and they're not perfect anymore and they fall off because they got a fixed mindset. The growth mindset, he's, like, he's, the, he's the turtle in the race. You got the hair in the turtle. The fixed mindset is, I'll get there. I'll keep going. I'll keep working. I'll keep working. And then they surpass. And that's the same thing that I'm seeing in, in kids. Sometimes you have to fix and identify, are they fixed or growth? And then let's move forward from there. But, you know, everything's a learning experience. It's, it's tough for kids that if they don't understand how it works, they'll struggle. So I, I, would, I would say that's very, very common with skill building as well. So I find uh, you'll, you'll, you can identify those kids very quickly because let's say we're doing... Uh, I'm showing them a specific shot. So like, and, and I, I never just say, here's your shot. This is what we're going to do. It's always like, this is what we're going to work on. And this is why. So like, let's say in a specific shot, we want to keep our feet moving so that we're not 
telegraphing a shot. You know, the puck needs to be here and it needs to be, take, you know, shoot it from this or else it doesn't work, right? So it's just taking everything into one. So that's a, that's a lot to unpack. So it's got to start with baby steps. So you can't take that shot unless you, it's in the proper position. So like, first thing we have to fix is your foot movement and where you're stick handling. If you're stick handling way too wide, that's going to be telegraphed at some point. So it's got to be stick. It's a different type of stick handling. You start with that. So then right from there, you can see kids go, they're in or they're out. Yeah. Like that fast. Yeah. It's fixed or it's growth. It's fixed or it's growth. So some yeah. kids can accept the fact that, or they could ask the question like, okay, what am I doing wrong? Or is it like this? Is it like this? And the right. other kids go, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And that yeah. kid never, ever gets it. Yeah. And, it, and, and when he can't perform This is something it, that they love. Yeah, and then and then when he can't take the shot the way he wants it to, he quits and goes back to his old shot, yeah, or, or, don't he, like, or he won't try it. Yeah, anymore. I don't shoot like that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's a fixed that's mindset. That's fixed as hell. Exactly. So he'll he'll only get to a certain level. He'll only hit a certain peak, and then he's done, unless he changes into a growth mindset. I was a fixed mindset. I, I will acknowledge. You know, I thought. I knew everything. I, I felt like I had to be perfect. I couldn't make mistakes. Coach's criticism I took personally, and it, it, it stunted me until I figured out, oh, okay, there's another way over here. You know, and it's the growth mindset. Now I can receive criticism. Now, nobody likes criticism, but it's all about how you handle it, how you perceive it, and who, who it's coming from. You know, should, should I accept this criticism or you know, should I just let it go? Right? Do I believe in myself that I can do certain things? Perfect. If I can't, then okay. Yeah, tell me what I'm doing wrong. Ask questions. Those are the you. Those are the, those are the growth mindset guys that ask questions. You know, coach, tell me about this again. Show me that again, and I'm going to try it, and I'm you know, I'm going to figure it out too. That's a growth mindset. Those are powerful people. Yeah, 100%. So what about? Uh, is, is there anything else that you like that you want to uh, go into? Uh, Good. Do you want anything at all? Well. Uh, no, off, go ahead. Whatever go. is is you know I'd, I'd love to work with you. So any of your players that are struggling, um, you know I'd, I'd love to come back and you know keep coaching and, and uh, helping your your following. You have a huge following, so if they need anything, just to reach out, contact me. But you know I'd love to be a part of what you got going on. You obviously have a great you know, great program. Yeah. And I just want to, you know, yeah, add well, that yeah, little piece to it. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's, no, it's good. I mean, I, I'm, I'm uh, really glad that we did this today. The thing that I like about this conversation is, like I said before, is that you're a, play, you're a player and a very good one that is honest enough to say, here were my limitations and what you feel is mostly it was mental. So if it was mental from a guy that was a second overall pick in the OHL and sixth overall in the NHL, then it's probably a good chance that that's a, that's a roadblock for a lot of people. So as a hockey player, if that's just something uh, that or, or a parent to reach out, I mean, I would encourage it strongly. I mean, I do some of that myself, but you got a whole different uh, a whole different uh, um, way of doing it, and 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 uh, and, I, and I love it. So it's well, uh, the way the way that I work. If people want to understand. When you go to the gym, you, you basically start with a baseline test, right? You, you know, how many push-ups, how many sit-ups. Let's, let's see where you are today. And I do the same thing. We have a mental assessment that will give me a readout of your strengths and weaknesses mentally. So that's where we start. Then we get into the coaching. And then it's, I do it online, right, through Google Meet. And I have clients uh, in the States. I have clients in Europe and, you know, all over Canada. I'm able to connect with them, you know, as frequently as they want. And we do our coaching session where I give them the tools that they can use. And, you know, we, we talk about, 
you know, the camaraderie, what do people most when they leave the game? It's the guys. And, you know, being in the dress room, having the fun and all that good stuff. So I, I, want, I want players to appreciate what they have now. Like, like be grateful for the experience that they're having right now. And, and, you know, like just feel it, right? Because these are the best years right now. Uh, yes, there's lots of great things to come. But you always look back on your years with with the uh, with the boys as being some of the best. That's the best, even Please. if it was Sudbury. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we won't hold that against yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, no, it was. It, it was. It was. It was great. Yeah, and that's what's that's great. So yeah, so uh, yeah, we'll we'll connect for sure after this, and um, um, of course, AdamsChampionMindset.com. Mm-hmm. We'll put a, we'll put a thing on it, eh? and uh, yeah. you know, and and I, I I'm just saying for I mean we got a lot of people that listen to these. And it's uh, it's well worth uh, it's well worth at least dipping your toes into yeah. it because uh, they, for me it's it's you just watch kids and parents yeah. like it's together really it's sometimes the kids have it pretty good together then the parents will just put gas on the yeah. fire and just make it worse so it's good for everybody to they invest learn. a lot right yeah. like we said they have a power skating coach yeah. skills coach nutritionist uh, fitness coach they they invest a lot. Yeah. They should invest in mental strength, yeah. a mental coach. Yeah. That that should almost be forefront. Yeah. It's always the forgotten well, piece and, until they lose confidence, yeah. and it's like, oh, well, maybe we should pick this. And that's up. what I was going to say. Is yeah. like a lot of the times when 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 uh, like we have a lot of people that uh, write in or ask questions, and it's almost like sheepishly don't want to ask questions because it makes them maybe appear weak. Mm-hmm. Parents and coaches, mm-hmm. right? So I think when people think of the mental or the, the, the mindset and all that stuff. Some people could look at it as a negative. You know what I mean? Like they're weak because they have to go into the mindset. Yeah. Like, oh, because I I'll, right. like even someone coming in for a shooting, if they wanted to learn shooting, it's like, they're good, but. No, 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 mm-hmm. no. Don't, you don't have to say but. You don't have to say qualify yeah. it. Yeah. We'll figure it out. So I think that people, it's it's, it's not like you're sick. <laughs> yeah. It's not no, no, like, no, 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 no. that's yeah, what I exactly. mean. It's not, yeah. it's not like you're. Uh, um, we're gonna reinvent the whole wheel. Like mm-hmm. the as- actual strategies that that you use are not like the basic part. Anyways, it's not it's not rocket science, but it has to be a lot of times coached and reminded and and nudged yep. to do the right things. And when you when you understand the basics of it, then you can de- keep diving deeper. But once you understand the basics of it, it actually does change your life, change your game, change Absolutely. your attitude, change yep. everything about you, yep. your habits. And like you say, you create your habits, create your future, right? It's, yeah, it, it is. So. If you set every, your, your your day up, if you set your your life up, if you know what you want, chances of success are much greater. Yep. But it's it's taking control over that situation. And most, you know, like I said, parents think either they have it or they don't right? Mental strength or whatever. And, and they don't want to identify it as a weakness or anything like that. That's not what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're talking about setting up these, these, my clients for long-term success as a person, right? So it should be taught in school. It's not, I mean, we, we all know the power oh. of the, the mental strength. Oh, they don't teach it in school. We all know the power of, of financial knowledge. They don't teach it in school. No. So if we want to give everything to these kids, if we really want to help them out, then we need to help out the whole person yep. and it all starts with the mindset. Yeah. So I think we'll wrap it up because I think you got to get back to Kitchener. I got to get back. I got coaching calls yeah, this good. afternoon. Awesome. So back on the road. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for your time. No, no. I awesome. Really great. appreciate it. Yeah, it was great. Awesome.